0: Tumbling Saber is proud to present the Luminous Beings Podcast, deep dive conversations into the heart of Star Wars, brought to you by the Tumbling Saber Patreon community. Become a powerful friend today and get access to tons of our exclusive and early access audio content at patreon.com slash tumbling saber and become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Luminous Beings podcast from Tumbling Saber Industries. I'm Kyle. I'm Nathan. <laughs> I always, I always want to do the, the more elaborate opening. Tumbling when Saber we, Industries. When did we incorporate? I don't know. You'd think, if anything, I'd have the answer, but I don't. <laughs> I never do.
1: Corey's been sneaking around doing stuff behind your back. Ah.
0: <laughs> Chop rolls. <laughs> uh, on the docket this week in Luminous Beings. We're talking about super weapons in Star Wars, and notably, does the evil faction in Star Wars always need a super weapon? Especially, well, here on Earth, like, bad guys often get these weapons of mass destruction, and that's sort of like the big threat against the enemy, or the world. But in in the Star Wars franchise, which spans an entire galaxy, billions of miles, trillions of inhabitants, over billions of planets, a, a simple bomb won't do, right? Like... I think, thinking to A New Hope, I think it was effective, like Tarkin said, to have a weapon that would keep local systems, keep people in line. So, in A New Hope, we got the Death Star, uh, a weapon that, to this point in canon, like, unprecedented. Like, this this monstrosity, this technological terror, can just zip across space, one planet to another, and wiping them out in the blink of an eye. Um, so, what, what is your take, Nathan, and initially? Like, the the idea of a super weapon and is it a necessary thing? What kind of feeling does it invoke in you? That sort of thing. Ah,
1: I, I, I I mean, enough is enough. (laughs) 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 I I mean, geez, uh, three, well, four, four, five, five. Uh, before, well, here's the problem because you've got Death Star, Death Star Two, Star Killer Base, and then an entire freaking fleet <laughs> of planet destroying ships. Uh, yeah, I mean this the the whole trope needs a rest. Um, I, I mean as soon as soon as we all saw that shot in the Rise of Skywalker trailer of that blast hitting that planet—we all knew. Oh no! <laughs> here, here we go
0: again. More planets blowing uh, up. Here we I go.
1: think, yeah. I think everybody is just collectively tired. I mean, you remember, we had those. Uh, I think it was the Last Jedi. Maybe it was before the Last Jedi, or maybe it was Rise of Skywalker. I can't remember. But some company
0: put out that package with a Death Star on it. You remember that? Oh, it was a, yeah, it was a model. It was um, Kylo Ren's uh, the the tie silencer. I think I had a Death Star in the background.
1: Right. So it was it was TLJ. It was before TLJ. And I mean, everybody, you know, for first of all, it was the ridiculousness of everybody assuming that there was going to be a Death Star in the movie just because it appeared on this packaging, but. Even when that discourse kicked up, you could hear the collective, like, just, oh, no. (laughs) You know, everybody thought it was a ridiculous concept to bring it back for a fourth time. JJ did uh, in a different form, but it's still Death Star tech uh, and serves the same purpose. But it's uh, uh, I don't know why they have to keep going back to that. Well. And to be fair, only one director has gone back to that well twice. Um, well, I guess you could say that Lucas went back to the well once. <laughs> but it's... Yeah. it's uh, I, I don't know why it seems to be such a necessary component to tell these stories. Like, bad guys can't find new interesting ways to be... You know, evil and scary. I
0: I don't get it. Yeah, well, and that, and that's and that's. I hope that's what we'll get to, and where we'll find ourselves at the end of this episode. But like, the Death Star was certainly a little less cool in Return of the Jedi. It was it was nice. It was cool to see it half built, and whoa, man, it's bigger, and more powerful. But mm-hmm. I think what's effective about it is that it quickly can conveys what the Empire is capable of without spending valuable screen time. Sort of at the at the conclusion of the trilogy, explaining what this new weapon is and where it comes from, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So in that way, it was just effective. That's Death Star. I know what that is. I know what it does. But then we come to the sequels and we just get a bigger, badder Death Star in the form of Starkiller Base. Yeah. The, for me, the only saving grace of Starkiller Base is how it came to be. And mm-hmm. But you got you to gotta dive into the video games and into uh, the animated stuff a little bit. That is kind of cool. But again, it's as a concept, it's a little unimaginative. So it, it begs the question for me like, did somebody somewhere at Lucasfilm, is there sort of like this overarching edict that says we, the bad guys have to, have to have a super weapon? Otherwise, they're not scary. Like, how do you, how can you threaten a whole galaxy uh, without some sort of uh, weapon to strike fear in everybody's heart like and and you when you look to the prequels to other examples of star wars like the separatists relied on just overwhelming numbers of droids mm-hmm. and ships that's that's what they needed to get their wins but again that's that's really the only way the prequels could have done it like they they mm-hmm. couldn't have have something to rival the death star uh, otherwise the death star doesn't seem as ambitious or unprecedented once once we get to a new hope Mm-hmm. and even when you get to a new hope, like the, the, death star, it's, it's such like, well, even, even going back to attack of the clones, when we see that they the Geonosians are, are secretly planning this thing and it's, it's hush, hush. We've got to keep this thing secret. We're doomed if they find out. And then of course we get the shot at the end of Re- revenge of the Sith and then rogue one to detail the whole thing. So the death star is a, a big unprecedented deal in the galaxy And even to the point where in A New Hope, where Han Solo is just like, when Obi Wan suggests that Alderaan was destroyed by the Empire, like Han rejects the idea completely. Like, what? No, like you'd need a thousand ships with more firepower. Like, so it's something that nobody can even wrap their head around. So, in that regard, it was the Death Star was really novel because nobody can have something that powerful. But here we are. Here they have it, and but they've always been just sort of expanding that idea ever since. And I, like you said, it's it's we're collectively tired of it now. Like, what what else can you do? Like, what what else can you do? Like, we we saw that like the variation of that in Rise of Skywalker, like you mentioned, like a new coat of paint to the same concept of thousands of. Mm-hmm. It's basically thousands of Death Stars, but in the design that mm-hmm. is, is is almost like the opposite of a sphere. So it's less, <laughs> maybe you're less, it's it, it's less make funnable. I know that's not a word, but imagine if they, imagine if they pull up to Exegol and there's a fleet of miniature death stars, <laughs> thousands <laughs> and sure. thousands of smaller <laughs> spheres. And you're just like, Oh, come on. Really? <laughs> I almost, yeah. I almost prefer if they would have just gone there just Thousands of spheres floating in space, miniature death stars, all instead of being a hundred kilometers wide, ah, they can be like thirty or ten or <laughs> just whatever. Com- <laughs> just commit to the bit, JJ. Come on. Oh, that would have been hilarious just to see all those Death Stars just really lean into the joke at that point. But really yeah. like <laughs> we, we like does it speak to the need? Of of an oppressive regime like the Empire, like the First Order, to have these type of weapons. I, what else can be done? Like, um, can you go with biological weapons?
1: I mean, I, honestly, you could go with a different kind of super weapon. I mean, the only super weapons we've seen are things that shoot lasers. <laughs> when it comes right down to it, but I mean, I, you know, I don't, I don't know. I mean, come up with like a some kind of thing that emits a a pulse. I mean, think about it in the Clone Wars, uh, like the Malevolence. Mm. Like, yeah, it was a ship, and it, it it was sort of like an early sort of. You could you could tell they were trying to convey that this was sort of like a maybe like a death star prototype weapon or something like that like it, you know it had the dish and all that but it was it was different in that it didn't destroy ships it disabled ships right yeah so you know i mean even right there that was a, a new creative take on on a super weapon and and you could say well star killer base was powered by a sun and somehow the beams went through hyperspace and split apart and uh, oh, oh god <laughs> I mean, you think too hard about a star killer base and your head will start to hurt but i mean it was you know but the malevolence was a new and interesting take on on a super weapon and i think if if you're willing to move past which I mean, this was a problem with Force Awakens, but if you're willing to move further, further past the original trilogy, I think you could come up with some interesting, interesting weapons and, and a new interesting super weapon. But I mean, even even the Star Destroyers and Rise of Skywalker, they're still just shooting lasers. And it's like, OK, I mean, <laughs> and, and I'm not saying that I could come up with a better idea. I'm just saying that people have come up with better ideas. So find one of those people and (laughs) pick their brain. But
0: I wonder if part of it is just trying to keep, like trying to keep things from going too far to like science fiction. And so like, if you keep it to lasers, it's, it's still, it's still very simple. It's very star Wars. But if, you know, if we go to like these, like in Star Trek, right? The the, the Abrams reboot they used that uh, that red sort of liquid thing that was basically it would basically generate a, a black hole at the center of a planet and it would destroy itself. Mm-hmm. Does that sort of concept port over to Star Wars? Because that I thought that was a good super weapon, but I don't know that it fits in Star Wars. It's it seems like very sci-fi.
1: Yeah,
0: I sure.
1: Maybe, but uh i I think Star Wars is a lot more versatile than people give it credit for um and you hear that a lot. It doesn't feel like Star Wars, it's not star warsy and i I understand where where that sentiment comes from, but I also look at clone wars and and you know the animated stuff and even look at at what Ryan Johnson did in last Jedi. And I'm like, man, you can stretch Star Wars in different ways to make it work.
0: You're going to break canon, man.
1: (laughs) But but you can stretch it. And I mean, Star Wars is like Kirby in that (laughs) it inhale it inhales these different genres and influences (laughs) and it can turn into whatever that thing is. You know, and I mean, we've we've seen that happen. Like I said, especially with Clone Wars, where you see that these different arcs that are direct lifts of these different genres and and other movies and TV shows and things. And and they work for the most part. They all work.
0: That's true. It's a good point. And I, I can't so, believe you pulled a Kirby reference with such <laughs> effectiveness. <laughs> I, I try. Kyle. I try. I <laughs> try.
1: But, I mean, that's that's how I've always seen Star Wars, is that, yeah, I mean, there is definitely a flavor, a specific flavor that Star Wars has, but, I mean, you can still use a lot of different ingredients to come up with a, a sweet dish.
0: Yeah, for sure. And
1: I'm, I'm on the metaphors today.
0: <laughs> We're on it. We're all over it today. Um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's the the, the whole idea about having to like destroy the planet, like knock it out of existence. You don't, I don't think you have to do that. You could uh, sometimes, it it might even be more tragic to like uh, ruin the planet, ravage it beyond Mm -hmm. it being livable. Like, um, imagine some sort of weapon rolling up to Naboo and just turning it into a wasteland. That, to me, would mm-hmm. be almost maybe even more effective than watching it just be vaporized from a distance. Like, give us shots of the planet, just of landscapes being blasted clean into a dust bowl or you know the, all those beautiful waterfalls just evaporated. Like, that could be an effective weapon as well, depending on how it's presented. Mm-hmm. If it's not too techy, you know that could be a way to do it too. Just make a planet unlivable or terraform it into something else. I guess that is yeah. that's that is kind of Starkiller, isn't it?
1: Well, and, and the whole point of the, the Death Star was to uh, instill fear. I mean, we get that from Tarkin in mm-hmm. the New Hope, is that the Death Star was meant, its purpose was to instill fear. But I don't think that that should be the goal of every villain either. I mean, we need some diversity there. I mean this is the thing is that you need diverse motivations and then diverse solutions to execute those motivations.
0: Yeah. It depends on where the bad guys are coming from, right? Like, so the empire would need a weapon to maintain order and control, but yeah, um, a different, a a different bad guy, like you said, with a different motivation would want a different weapon for a different purpose. Like some people just want to watch the world burn.
1: Because at this point, these weapons aren't going to instill fear because people just know that they always get blown up.
0: (laughs) It'll be over quick. Don't worry about it.
1: Yeah. I mean, this will be operational for a few days and then some ragtag rebel group blow the whole thing up and we won't worry about it anymore until the next time. So (laughs) I don't know if if instilling fear is what these weapons are going to do at this point. But... uh,
0: when you think about it, though, the death star's kind of humane. <laughs> <laughs> it's for <over> quick, <laughs> quick yeah, and painless. Yeah, I mean, I think of Bale and Breha when they're on Alderaan before, you know, before as you know, the, the, I think it was in, in uh, from a certain point of view where they talked about it was it was the one and only time in Alderaan's history that it had a moon or something like that. A moon I like, think it was
1: in. I think it was in Bloodline.
0: Was it Bloodline? <laughs> Yeah, you're right. It was Bloodline. Wish Corey would give my copy back. Maybe I'd know that. <laughs> and yeah, it was. It was. It was sad the way that was portrayed as the only one and only time that Alderon had a night moon, and it, ble- mm. <laughs> it blew the planet up. But it, uh, you know, from if but you're, it if you're it bailed, doesn't have to be.
1: <laughs> no. But if, it doesn't if, have to be quick and painless. You could be like Jedda and you could get crushed to death by a rock like Sagarera. <laughs> yeah, Imagine he's so still, kinda... still
0: under that rock, still still kicking. Today. <laughs> of all days. I'm so thirsty. <laughs> I should have went with oh. Jedha. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm, I mean, I, I think I think the reason that the two Death Stars and even Starkiller Base work is that they're also major locations for the movie. True. Um, I don't think the Death the, the uh, Star Destroyers uh, quite worked that well, and even the Malevolence was a location in Star Wars, in, in Clone Wars. Um, so I think I think that kind of helps justify the weapon a little more is if you can use it as a major location like in the new hope we spend a lot of time on the death star same with return of the jedi Mm -hmm. um star killer base we spend a lot of time on star killer base and i i think i think that kind of helps us connect to those concepts a little more is is when we spend time there i think we're more willing to accept the idea of the weapon.
0: Yeah, that's a... Well, you're right. That's a great point, because one of the well-worn tropes throughout all of Star Wars is sort of infiltrating that enemy base. Mm-hmm. And how many times... This is one thing that drove me nuts about Rebels. How many times did Kanan and Ezra sneak into an Imperial facility? Yeah. All, or, or, all of them, except for Zeb. Like, they'd all sneak into an Imperial facility multiple times, undetected, or detected when it was already too late for the Empire. Like, yeah. Ugh. And you're right, that that comes from a New Hope. That comes from Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I
1: I think I think that like I mean I mean you surround it's what you surround I mean the 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 first Death Star and a New Hope and even Rogue One. I mean, there. It's it's a pretty basic concept. It's just your your Death Star, but I mean, in, and and Lucas is good at doing this, even when he re- recycles ideas or you know rhymes his ideas. Um, he always puts a, an interesting spin on it. And with the second Death Star, you have like it's not finished, and it looks real cool when it because it's not finished with you know chunks missing out of it and that kind of thing. But also, you know, he moved the infiltration to the planet and the whole shield generator thing. I mean, they, they couldn't just attack it with X-Wings again. Like that wasn't, it just wasn't going to work that, you know, you needed a new, a new approach to take it down. And, you know, when, I guess you could say the same thing for, for um, Star Killer Base, you know, you they had to blow the oscillator or whatever, and it's. I I think that you know, these things needing different um, approaches to be taken down to be destroyed is also important. Yes, and I and I, I again going back to the star destroyers, <laughs> it's like, okay, so they had to get the ship to shoot itself. Uh, then not quite the the brilliant plan <laughs> of the uh the andor attack you know
0: right yeah which was leaked by the emperor anyway yeah yeah you're right about that for sure um
1: ultimately I guess what I'm saying is that you know it it has to serve the story uh you know it, it like the whole reason for the indoor thing for for the shield generator is to separate the group you know they had to stay on Leia and Han have to stay on Endor while Luke goes to the death star you know and, and same thing with with force awakens it's to get him to get Han and Kylo in the same room it's to You know, it it all serves the story. It's not just a matter of you blow it up and the story happens around it. It has to be integrated into the story. And again, Star Destroyers had nothing to do (laughs) with the story. You know, it was just like, oh, look, this is how bad I am now.
0: Yeah, this was we're going to take that weapon that struck fear in the galaxy 30 years ago and now we're gonna t- you know, now there's thousands of them they don't look quite the same but they do the same thing yeah yeah it was so... it was a pretty pretty naked attempt to try and and it, i don't know that it worked it, it, if the idea was to like make make audiences go oh boy like that many death stars are now online I think there were more eye rolls than gasps.
1: Yeah. And well, I'm um, to, to prove how bad he was. He destroyed a planet. We cared nothing about, <laughs> you know? I mean, we hadn't had a chance to care about Kijimi, you know, it's, it's not, if he had destroyed Naboo or Tatooine or, or even Jakku or, you know, wherever it probably would have hit us a little harder. But and, and well, maybe would have hit us a little harder. But he had him blow up Kajimi and it's like, okay, like well, we were there for five minutes.
0: <laughs> and it,
1: yeah, all the planets hard. where we've been for
0: forever. Like yeah, Kajimi doesn't seem like a planet that, even though though Poe had friends there, it didn't seem like that important of a planet. Like I think Palpatine did say, like hit a planet they know.
1: Yeah, like 15 people live there.
0: Yeah, that didn't seem like to be the, the greatest choice of, of planet to blow up. Yeah, I, w- I wonder what they could have done. Like, it would have seemed more appropriate to go to Corellia. Mm hmm. Let's take out Corellia. Yeah, that would have been interesting. You know, there's, there's it's another dig at the Solo family. Like, it's just. That, you know, oh boy, maybe that was a real missed opportunity. Like, they could have gone to Corellia, and that could have been, like, another thing for Kylo. Mm-hmm. Like, another point of interest in his story where you know, he killed his dad, but now he's going to watch as his dad's planet gets destroyed.
1: Well, not only that, but it would have, for those of us, and again, I'm not going to pretend that The Rise of Skywalker gives two shits about canon, or you know, people who care about canon. But it would have helped those of us who do um, read the books and and comics and things. It would have kind of given us a hint as to what finally got Wedge to come back. Yeah. Well, they blew up Corellia. Well, geez, I got to get in this fight because Wedge is from Corellia.
0: Yeah, that, that would have been an easy dot to connect.
1: But... They don't care about connecting dots. We we know this.
0: <laughs> well, <sighs> well, okay. So looking ahead to what's next, because I mean, like like we said before, like depending on if you're an empire who wants to maintain order and control and just keep people pacified, or if you're... Uh, uh, well, let's look at the High Republic. That might be our next opportunity to see what comes next. And we have... Uh, the Nile. Mm -hmm. They won't have, uh, I I doubt they'll have a weapon on the scale of of a Death Star. It doesn't seem like it makes sense for them to have that based on, based on what we, what little we know of the Nile at this point and what, and what we know of Canon where the Death Star was unprecedented. So it Mm -hmm. seems like these Nile for me, like my impression of them is that they're almost like Vikings and pirates and barbarians. So yeah, their weapon of mass destruction would just be chaos, mm-hmm. and and just wanton destruction. Yeah. So, that, and we'll find, I guess we'll see how effective that can be. Like, even when he, when you look at a villain like Kylo Ren, I think part of what made him so effective is that he was really volatile.
1: Yeah, he was unpredictable. It wasn't like the stoic. He wasn't a stoic Vader. Like he would just go off,
0: and yeah, you don't know where that would take you. Like that could, how far down the rabbit hole of destruction and death does 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 he go? And same now, looking ahead to the Nile. Well, wh- what can they do? And it it seems like yeah. they've they've learned how to weaponize hyperspace lanes, causing mm-hmm. mass chaos. That's re- that's really interesting. Yeah. Well, I.
1: I mean, we talked a little bit about this um, when we did our breakdown on the uh, the main show a couple of weeks ago. But I was talking about how I thought that the Great Disaster was going to be... And, and again, I had nothing to base this on other than the fact that we knew um, that the Great Disaster had something to do with hyperspace. So in my head, I had sort of come up with the idea that... Um, they had found some kind of weapon or built some kind of weapon or maybe found like a, a sith a sith weapon that could sort of um, blow out all the hyperspace hyperdrives in the galaxy and it would leave people stranded uh, sort of in the middle of space or it would you know and and it would make rescue difficult because they would have to bring all these hyperdrives back online over time in order to launch rescues and 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 fix these problems that were caused by it. And again, a new interesting take on a super weapon I thought that would have been a really cool really really cool one to to use um, but again we know that that's not where they went with it um, but I thought it would have been a really cool use of a super weapon idea. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess there is still the the possibility that, because it, it, it seems to me that they've kind of been hinting that there's some there's some other threat out there as well besides the Nile, or maybe even controlling the Nile.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people are just thinking that maybe the the, the Nile are being controlled by the Sith anyway. Yeah, know, in order to sort of mobilize the Jedi and get them down a path that they wouldn't ordinarily go. Mm-hmm. Like, in like, uh, a way, I kind of hope for that, that the Sith are playing this long game. And this is sort of, at some point in this saga of the High Republic, it'll come to that where we learn that maybe it's Darth Plagueis, maybe it's, maybe it's some other Sith, but that person is pulling the strings behind the scenes and... Using the Nile as as a tool uh, to put the Jedi in a position that will ultimately cause their downfall years from now.
1: Hmm. Yeah i I think it doesn't seem to me like like there's gonna be a, a Death Star type weapon. I feel like this is sort of. Um, it's sort of like systemic corruption, rather than like that's that's the vibe I'm getting from it. I don't see this as coming to, and it kind of makes sense um, for a, a a publishing line, but I don't see this as being like the big blowout. Oh, they they have a weapon, we have to destroy it, kind of thing. I feel like it's it's going to be more of a uh planting the seed, like you said like probably probably at some point they'll introduce um the sith influence and it'll be planting the seeds that will get us to phantom menace and like we'll we'll see that that corruption of government and the corporatization of the republic and um you know the stuff we talked about in that episode. You know the the expansion into the into the outer rim and the uh, colonization of the galaxy, and um, sort of the evils of that. While also having these these bad guys who were trying to sow chaos and maybe eventually an enemy that you know has some some higher, darker purpose in mind. So yes, yeah,
0: so, I mean the the overarching. Like the real weapon of mass destruction in Star Wars is subterfuge and manipulation.
1: Sure, I mean that's always been the case, but uh, but yeah, it, uh, uh, I I just can't see
0: I can't see a super weapon
1: uh, being a a part of the story, at least not a big part of it.
0: How about a weapon like we saw on Malachor? We, I, I, we didn't really see it in full swing, but there mm-hmm. are hints as to what it does, right? So when um, Kanan and Ezra and Ahsoka arrive at Malachor and they come upon the remains of all these, the site of an ancient Sith Jedi battle, and they're all sort of fossilized, petrified. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the, all old, the ancient combatants are all sort of turned to stone. There's a, a WMD that we get... Sort of hints as to what it can do. But it comes from a different place. Like this is a Sith weapon. Yeah. And it's It seems like it's pretty damn powerful. Like it could have been the biggest thing until the Death Star comes around. But I don't know that it actually. I don't know that there's much proof that beyond that battle on Malachor that it ever really got used. Mm. Yeah. And it,
1: yeah. I mean. What are the implications for for anybody off-planet? Like, is it a weapon that's just meant to be used on-planet? Like, it's kind of... Like, what's the point of it? <laughs> was it? Was it just like a sort of a doomsday weapon that was just sort of like, well, if we're losing, we use it, and we just kill everybody?
0: It's a Sith thing to do, right? <laughs> there is that... Return of the Jedi deleted scene where, where Palpatine ordered, is it Gergerod to turn the Death Star around and blow up Endor. Mm-hmm. So there is that sort yeah. of like scorched earth thing where. Well, right, and, and, and Operation
1: Cinder, Operation Cinder. Mm-hmm. You
0: know?
1: So, it's I def- mean, maybe, maybe mindset. that's, maybe that's the point of it. Although I will say, I think it would be interesting if we saw, um, the Republic at some point uh, develop a super weapon or sort of flirt with the idea of using a super weapon uh, you know the quote unquote good guys I mean the reality in our world is that um, the only country to use uh, nuclear weapons on comb- enemy combatants and enemy civilians for that matter, is the United States. So, you know, the the uh, quote-unquote good guys. Uh, so I think that would be an interesting as, uh, perspective to take in Star Wars if we do see that in, uh, in the High Republic
0: era. And maybe sort of that's that... Um... Well, Nathan, there's no politics in Star Wars, so...
1: Oh, shit. Well, never mind. Never <laughs> mind what was that thing i, I was thinking about star trek again there you go
0: it's, it's easy to confuse it's you know two words eight letters i get it jj abrams yeah but but yeah i mean
1: <laughs> maybe the fracturing that that causes that that debate like maybe it it, it comes close and maybe um you know, maybe it's something the Republic is doing in secret, or maybe it it's even just something that's being discussed as a as an option. And maybe that causes a lot of fracturing in the Republic. Um, yeah. That's... And even, you know, we we could we see how the Jedi would react to to that kind of thing. And that would be an interesting take.
0: It would be interesting even to see boy, there's, there's a lot of things they could do, really. Like, imagine it's, it's the Jedi who discover the power of a kyber crystal and what it could do on that mm-hmm. scale. And they go, okay, we can't, like, obviously we're not going to use this, right? And the <laughs> Republic, maybe they get wind of it and they're just like, yeah, right, we're not going to use that at all. And that's mm-hmm. the seed that eventually becomes the thing that inspires Palpatine with the Death Star or whoever originally dreams up the Death Star. It, yeah, that's something that, you know, it, it'd be really very Star Wars-y for, for the Death Star to have been something that Jedi originally unearthed <laughs> the, yeah. the means to do. Oh, mm-hmm. man, that's that's powerful stuff there. That could be really cool. Yeah. Wow. Uh, well, even like an abandoned concept from the sequel trilogy that maybe was, was recycled a bit in The Last Jedi, but the idea that Leia had what was it called like the the man wayfinder no the the there was a rumor at one point that the the resistance had the warhammer or something like that. yeah
1: yeah it was a big battering ram ship
0: yeah it was it was a giant cruiser whose job was to basically just be like a kamikaze missile and just ram things Mm -hmm. that's another thing that could get used in the future and, you know, just not for any particular, not, you know, not necessarily for the Republic or the Jedi or anybody, Like, but it could be an idea that they bring back into Star Wars where there's a bunch of very, very cheaply made cruisers that are shaped like javelins. And their whole job is just to come out of hyperspace and smash into you.
1: Well, I mean, you could, you could use that as, um, well, I. The thing about the High Republic, I mean, we know after reading the uh, chapter one excerpt from uh, Light of the Jedi, uh, that the Great Disaster is um, basically the Nile littering hyperspace lanes. Um, So it could be those that could be something that the Republic develops, um, you know, sort of a heavily fortified front end. On, on ships, so that they can sort of, if they encounter these objects, this debris in the hyperspace lanes, they can sort of just blow right through them, and maybe that gets sort of turned into they they end up weaponizing it.
0: Yeah, so I, cool, man. I'm, I I think we're getting we're getting us somewhere. I mean, there are <laughs> there are options. Like it doesn't have to be a pew pew to blow up a planet. There are other exactly. ways to to terrorize citizens of a galaxy exactly and then we can get over the whole idea that using what Holdo did was this big cannon breaking idea which I completely reject I, I don't think that that's it's such a big deal what she did no
2: they, why I didn't everybody know. else
0: do that well come on <laughs> come on there's there's <laughs> lots of reasons why nobody else did that it's it's obviously a last resort mm-hmm you know, and, and yes, you probably could have launched a cruiser at the Death Star at light speed and and taken it out in one fell swoop. Yeah.
1: Well, and that would be an interesting weapon that they could explore in future stories. Is that uh, maybe someone was inspired by the Haldel maneuver and they create some sort of high, uh, light speed missiles or hyperspeed missiles that you know can do a similar sort of thing. Uh, maybe, you know, probably less damage, but more damage than just the regular missile would do, you know? And uh, with something like that, maybe you have to, you'd have to destroy the factory and, you know, make sure the research is destroyed, you know, you know, whatever you could, the solution is, is not the point. here. <laughs> but I mean, there are all kinds of different, different options if you if you want to sit down and think about it for 5 minutes instead of just say well ships with big guns
0: yeah and well and, and i mean in defense of like a, a death star or star killer base like that comes with a name and with yeah. that comes like there's there's a little bit of cachet to that too like when you hear in a new hope death death star approaching there's mm-hmm. a, there's an effect to that line and I, yeah. y- you don't get that with like tie fighters incoming like yeah. There's something to that big name weapon that it's it's here and it's that's you know the bell is tolling you know at that point. Yeah. So there there is some cachet to that. Yeah, it just there's it's a good way to instill that fear and intimidation just through a name. Mm-hmm. But again, it's 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 now that point where we've used that trope. Two Death Stars, a Star Killer base we're good
2: Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) we're good and yeah you know i don't we don't need another super laser floating through space just knocking off one planet or another like it's i the nile i think promised to do something different but even when, when we get to future movies i don't even canonically especially if we're going to the past the planet killing weapon won't exist yeah you know so you have to come up with something different Yet well, and fearful. if they
1: do, if they do, you've got to go way back to the to the uh, ancient history of the Sith, because I think there is some uh, canonical uh, reference to uh, Palpatine being inspired by ancient Sith weapons. Um, but I mean, that's the thing. I mean, you're talking going way back.
0: Yeah, long um, enough so that because
1: you... obviously, the Sith were the Sith weren't building super weapons. At, you know, the last time they possibly could have was a thousand years before the movies. So,
0: yeah, it's it's, it's got to go far enough back so that these lessons or these these tools are completely forgotten and there's no evidence left of them. Yeah, it's far enough back that it's plausible that their entire existence has been wiped from from the history books.
1: Yeah, the only memory of them is in some dusty old Sith holocron.
0: Yeah, you. I think you can get away with that yeah cool I think we made some headway
1: yeah Now, if <laughs> only people would listen to us
0: <laughs> but I think, you know, I think it is important that the bad guys do have that the thing that is exclusive to them that does make people afraid sure I think it's important for them to be able to make people across the galaxy feel like they're in danger at any moment but there's, you know, there's obviously different ways to do that.
1: Yeah.
0: Awesome. So like we you just, said,
1: now... we just came up with like three or four off the tops of our heads.
0: <laughs> now imagine if they put some actual professionals in the, in a room. Come up with something cool, jerk.
1: Who were being paid hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars to come up with these ideas. That mm-hmm. would certainly motivate me, Kyle.
0: Sure would. <laughs> All right, guys out there, let us know what you think. Can you think of a cool weapon of mass destruction in Star Wars that is not a space laser? Let us know what you think. I would love to hear your thoughts. And frankly, I think Lucasfilm needs to hear your thoughts. So (laughs) get in touch with us. Let us know. Uh, Nathan, where can people find you? I'm at NAF Roberts on Twitter.
1: And I'm in the Tumbling Saber Facebook group.
0: As am I. And you can find me on Twitter at Tumbling Saber, as well as on Instagram. And uh, that's going to do it, everybody. Thank you guys for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, Again, let us know what you think. Don't be shy. You can send an email to tumblingsaber at gmail.com. You can comment on the thread in Patreon. You can send us a DM on Twitter. Anything. Just get in touch with us. We love the interactions. We love to hear from you. So uh, don't be shy. And with that, we are done for this episode of Luminous Beings. Uh, Thanks a lot for listening, everybody. And we will talk to you again next time. Klaxon sound.
2: Kirby. <laughs> Active Care is brought to you by Colonial Penn Life Insurance Company and is underwritten by Washington National Insurance Company. Visit colonialpen.com for more information. This is a limited benefit policy. This policy has limitations and exclusions. For costs and complete details of coverage, visit colonialpen.com. I'm enrolling in Medicare soon, and it had me a little confused. Then I found myhealthpolicy.com. With MyHealthPolicy.com, I could go online and compare Medicare Advantage plans from some top-rated national insurers, including $0 monthly premium plans. I could learn about plans in my area and talk with a licensed insurance agent if needed. MyHealthPolicy.com has made doing my research a whole lot easier. My choice. My Medicare. MyHealthPolicy.com.